return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess... My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. We've, uh, I've talked a little bit about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Doc, thank you for the feather. Hallelujah. It's been, uh, been great to have, to be sensitive to touch. Hallelujah. So thank you so much. And thank you, Doc, for bringing eggs and so forth. Uh, your blessing. You, you bless families every week, several families every week by your generosity. So thank you for doing that, Doc, too. It's a blessing. And those joining us, Facebook Live, we welcome you. Uh, uh, Gita from India, we're glad to connect with you again in Jesus' name. So if you're watching and so forth, we bless you and your family in Jesus' name. And the rest of you also joining us. We just bless you and thank God for your lives, your friendships, your ministries. Uh, God is for you, not against you. He's on your side. He's working today supernaturally by His Spirit. Uh, for His glory, through you. Amen. Uh, God is good. Amen. We have books on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It just says, now what? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I, just, uh, I think it's just good to want all that God's got to give. Amen. Don't, don't just settle for a little bit. Just go for it all. Amen. You won't, you'll never experience it all in this life, but go for it all. Go for the gold. You know, just, just go for all that God has to give. And uh, so this book is, is real simple, just kind of gives scriptures and so forth, but directs us into that. We want to be immersed into the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, uh, again, just to be saturated. If you're filled with the Spirit, you're saturated with the Spirit. Let me say this. If you say you're spirit-filled, you should be walking a holy life. Amen? So if you say you're spirit-filled, it's not, it's not just a term like where you go to church. It should be a lifestyle that you're saturated with Jesus, alive in Jesus, excited about Jesus. Amen? The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. And that's, that's the key here, all right? So this isn't a, it's not like a denominational thing. It's, it's a Bible thing. It's a relationship. Many people have an encounter with God, an experience here. They say, well, I had an experience some, some year. But he wants us to live in a relationship, a continual relationship every day. So we want, thank God you come on Sunday or you're joining us live on Facebook as well. But we want you to experience the Holy Spirit on an everyday basis. Amen. Every day walking with Jesus on that sort of basis. And as we do that, I think good things happen. I know good things happen, all right? And he comes into our lives, and he wants to be part of your life, everything you're doing. So he's not, he's not, he's not just a part, but he's the center. 
It's like the hub of a wheel. Everything rotates around the hub, all right, or the axle. And so the same with our lives in Christ. He isn't just part of our life like a spoke. No, he wants to be the hub. He wants to be the axle of your life so that your life on a daily basis revolves around Jesus Christ. So does your marriage. So does your family. So does your job. It all revolves around Jesus Christ. Amen? When we start living that way, and when we invite the Holy Spirit in by it intentionally listening to Him, good things happen. He's not a respecter of persons. He wants to minister in all our lives. Amen? He's looking just for open hearts. Now, we read a scripture from Isaiah last week, Isaiah 11, verse uh, 2 and 3. In this scripture verse, referring to Jesus prophetically at first, the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. As delight is in the fear of the Lord, he shall not judge by his size nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Now, this is a prophetic word that Isaiah had for Jesus Christ, the Messiah. However, it is also because we have the Holy Spirit today, it is also a word for us. Can you say amen? You don't want to think of God out there someplace or the Holy Spirit out there. Jesus is out there. No, when you accept Christ as your Savior, you have a witness of the Spirit and you become a temple of the Holy Ghost. He wants to move in. Now, how many know it's not any fun to move into a dirty house, right? No, you don't want to move into a dirty house. You, if you were, had guests, if you had guests coming to your house, you'd probably clean your house, I would assume, and have it clean and so forth. They had a clean place to sit and all that. The same way with the Holy Spirit. You want to have the house clean, and you want to invite him into your life. Amen? Yeah, you want to invite him into your life. Now, here's the last part. This is very good. He'll not judge by his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. All our lives, we've been conditioned to rely on our five senses. So from the time of being a child into today, everything we, we drive, you got here by your eye gates, probably your ear gates, whatever. And these are all sensory things that God gave us. Hallelujah. Thank God for vision and touch and smell and hearing and all those things, five senses. However, you don't want to be led by your five senses. It's human nature, it's human nature to, to, to just do that. People, people have a lot of compassion. Oh, they want to do that because they see a sad story or they hear a sad story and they're moved. No, no, no. You want to be moved by the Holy Spirit. So, as we become Christians, we become Christians. Can you say amen? amen. Now we're retooling, we're renewed in the spirit of our mind. Amen. You want, renewal is something that goes on all the time. It's not, again, Deb's had some great messages. There's been other messages. We hear about renewal, but it's a daily thing. Renewal. (laughs) We must change. I must change. All right? So we must change, and we're being changed into the image of Jesus Christ. Renewal. So we begin to think differently, right? Our minds are renewed, how we think, how we act, and so forth. But also to not trust just your eyes or your ears. You could walk into, uh, uh, years ago, I, someone was sharing, I learned, you walk into an emergency situation, and you think, oh, oh my goodness, this, this is just terrible, you know, emergency room or whatever, person's going to die, and, and you're, everything betrays you. And you want to walk in by faith, so that you can help somebody. Amen? 
It's like there was a guy who was critically burned years ago uh, by an electrical accident. A city employee in another city, but he was coming to our church. He took a hold of the, the power was supposed to be off the breaker in the city. He's on the units, you know, that are in your backyards and so forth. He had the unit off and he was, and he, and he knew better, but he had his gloves off and he grabbed this cord and the power had been mismarked at the master place in the city. And so the power went through his arms and he was on the ground and it blew out his knees to the ground because it's going to go to the ground. And by just experience or whatever, he twisted himself away and rolled in the yard smoldering. And so when I got called, the sheriff was going, racing the highway, following the ambulance, calling me because he was still conscious and he said my name. And he said, meet us at the hospital immediately. By the time I got there very quickly, praying in tongues the whole time, they'd already called the, the flight to, to go to Ramsey Burn Center in St. Paul for emergency surgery. All these things. By the time I walked in the door, Dr. Holm looked at me and he said, they're going to have to amputate one arm for sure. We don't know about the other arm. He's in critical condition. I meet him. I see the sheriff deputies. I walk into the room so everything in the natural would betray you because of what you see. So his arm had been wrapped and was charred here, charred here. IVs are running, rolling to get fluid into his body so it doesn't burn from the inside out and die. And so I had one minute as they worked on him. And in that one minute, I talked to him. He recognized me. I said his name. I said, we're going to pray. And we prayed. And they ushered him out to get to the plane, take him to the burn center. When they got to the burn center, they were all ready to go. The operating room was open. They rolled him in the operating room. They started unwrapping his arms and so forth, the skin that had been charred. And it was no longer charred. And they looked at his arms. And the doctor, who is a burn specialist, (laughs) scraped on his arms somewhat here, there. And he said, well, he doesn't need amputation, and he never needed a skin graft. So he went from critical, deathly condition to life, no skin graft, dismissed from the hospital in two days, and came home. Your eyes, you have to train your eyes and your ears to not go just by that. Understand God is always always bigger than anything you or I will face. He's already been to your tomorrow. If you get a bad report or something, he, he already, it's not news to him. It meant news to me, maybe, not news to him. He's always bigger. So we have to train ourselves. Say train. So you discipline yourself. Now, how do you do that? Just in your everyday life. You want to pray in the Spirit. You want to listen to the Lord. You want to uh, follow the things that, that the Holy Spirit is saying to you today. We just sang the song, even if, even if I don't see it, you're working. Even if I don't feel it, you're working. So these are not things like we just, ah, even if I don't see it, you're working. And then we walk out in that carnal in the world. No, you have to, you have to understand we're singing things to take us into the realm of the spirit. So I may not see it, but he's working. I may not feel something, but he's working. Amen. So we're training our spirit man, and this is a daily thing. Remember, we talked about 
being in the school of the Holy Spirit. So from the time you get got saved till the very end of your life, you're in this school of the Holy Spirit. We're learning. And the point that God wants from us isn't just to get us to heaven. I mean, if that was the case, you'd get saved and go, you know. The point is he wants to use you. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say he wants to use you. He wants to use you to influence other people for Jesus Christ. That is why we're here. So if our focus is purely on our job and making money and doing things, boy, we've missed it. We've just missed it. If people get older, you know, my age, people like retirement and this, all these things, you missed it. The focus is serving Jesus Christ at whatever age, whatever capacity we can to bring glory to him. We all ultimately have a short lifespan here compared to eternity. Remember the dash on, this, on the tombstone. There is one dash. And that dash from the year of birth to the year of death or so forth, many tombstones represent your life. You only get one. You don't get two or three. You get one. Don't have equal signs there, right? So you have one chance going through this life to do the best you can. Do we make mistakes? Well, of course we do. We're just humans. However, can we learn from our mistakes? Yes, we can. Amen. And the thing about the thing about uh, uh, I remember Irv always saying, listening to others and so forth. You'll never live long enough to make all the mistakes yourself. Why not learn from somebody else? That's why we ask questions. I've I've talked to, through my life hundreds of ministers and sat with ministries that are renowned ministries and so forth, just listening to what they're saying so I can learn from them. Because why? Nobody's perfect. Everybody's doing this same thing, walking by faith. Now, how do we know something's, something is, is really real then? We're hearing the voice. We're hearing the voice whisper, remember, in our ear, this is the way walking in it. How do you know it was of God? By hindsight. You see, well, what happened? What's the fruit? What was the product of that? Remember, Jesus says wisdom is justified by your children's because people criticize Jesus. He said, oh, wait a minute, just just watch the results here. Watch, watch the fruit that's growing. Let's go. Let's let's go to Samuel in a second. First Samuel nine. Let me let me just rehearse this again. So Samuel chooses Saul and Saul is taller and bigger than anybody else. And God had God had chosen him. And so it was like a no no brainer. You know, he's. He's, uh, uh, his name was Saul, handsome, uh, from his shoulders upward, taller than anybody else. You know, he's a big guy, kind of like a Jewish giant, all right? So, so that's, that's Samuel choosing Saul in that case. Now, remember, Samuel started from a child hearing the voice of the Lord. Remember, he heard God calling him. He'd run into Eli and said, you need something? Eli said, I didn't call you. Eli was the priest at that time. Goes back to bed. God calls him again, repeats this stuff. And Eli realizes, hey, he's hearing the voice of the Lord. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can hear the voice of the Lord. <laughs> this is, it's, so, it's so fun because, it's, folks, it's like we're living in lab. We're living in lab. We're living in this experience with the Holy Spirit. He wants to be so much part of our lives. So Samuel goes then after Saul's disobedience and different things like that. Samuel goes to Jesse's household, 1 Samuel 16, 3. And, he, and he, of course, he lets Jesse know that he's coming. And there's always some festivities and so forth, dinner and the things like that. And Jesse has his family there with the exception of David. 
So he does not invite David to meet the most prominent figure in Israel at that time. And, and, and the most powerful figure. They said, do you come peaceably? You know, there's, there was a lot of power invested in the Old Testament prophets. And so Sam, or Jesse doesn't even invite his youngest. Now, he could have. He's not, a, he's not poor like he doesn't have, he'd have, have others to do it. Someone else, I mean, wouldn't you think, hey, if you have a teenager, you'd think, hey, we got an important person. Get somebody else to watch the sheep today. We don't know why, but he was not invited. So we go farther down in 1 Samuel 16, verse 6 and 7. So, so Samuel comes like before, and I think, assuming, because we can think, boy, the Holy Spirit moved. I remember that word. Wow, it was so good. And he said, do this. And then we get to a similar situation. We think, that's what I'll do again. Because that's what he did before. But now this is a new day. So maybe he might not say it the same way. And so Samuel looks at the oldest, the tallest, the biggest, Eliab, and he comes to him and he says, this is the anointed, the Lord's anointed, all right? And the Lord said to Samuel, don't look on his appearance, your eyes. Don't look at his appearance, his physical stature. I've refused him. God doesn't see as man sees, for man looks in the outward appearance, but the Lord looks in the heart. So the first king, Saul, was tall and so forth. And now, as Samuel's looking at this, this one, thinking it's the right, and the Lord says, no, it's not. Now, where did Samuel hear that? It's in the spirit, man, right? It's like listening in the middle of all this. There's kind of pomp, circumceremony. It's listening to all this. Here's the, here's the touch of the Holy Spirit. Not the one. Not the one. I've, re- I've refused him. Oh. Okay. And so he already said, the Lord's noise before, surely the Lord's noise before him. No, I'm sorry. Move him aside. What's the next son? So the next son, of course, uh, uh, what do we have? Verse, verse uh, uh, 10, 11, is it? So Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. So now here's, here's, the, here's a big test. With each son... He's assuming this must be the next king of Israel. And he's thinking, you know, it is. And the Lord says, not him either. Not him either. You know, now think. The, the dugout's empty now. The last has come. <laughs> seventh son. No, no one left. He was the seventh one. And the Lord says, it's not any of these. And, of course, he's thinking back. Well, I thought you'd asked me to come to this household. I thought you directed me to this, this place. Now think about all the questions that you can have in your mind. Because there's seven tests, and every test, every one is significant. When we started the church, pioneered the church, of course, you'd like to have a facility. So we were renting rooms. First, the fire and police station. God bless you, Donna, for coming over there. And then the Starlight Inn, which is the Econo Lodge, the convention room's there. And, and it wasn't that we didn't want a place. We just kept knocking on the door to see where we could find a facility. And one thing we learned in the meantime is that for most people, people think we're going to church, but that the building is the church. And of course, it became real clear to us, no building is the church. You're the church. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're the church. People are the church. This, the, the, church the church comes to a facility to gather... But people are the church. 
So we knocked on the door and we, we knocked, went to several places like seven tests. You know, your heart aches, you, you want a place to gather so that if you have a special event or special services that you have, or if you have a wedding or a funeral or something like that, you have a place you can call your own. We didn't have that. And so, so we go to a door and we think, oh, this is, this is an option, you know, and the Lord is like, not this one. Oh, Okay. And then we wait. Now remember, we rented for about nine years. And so your heart would just kind of ache, like, oh, okay. Another year go by, so then there's another chance. There's another place. We look at it and think, Lord say, not this one. Another year, not this one. Another year, not this one either. No, finally it's like, ah, oh, well, okay, whatever. We'll just trust God. We'll meet where we meet, and we'll do what we're doing. And, and then I remember I came home from Brazil, from being in Brazil ministering. And it was like two days later, I get a call, and someone says, another church that says, hey, we've got some land. you want to buy our land? And I'm thinking, uh, maybe, <laughs> you know, because we had some money for land. But, you know, we hadn't planned to build, and most land is expensive. But this church wanted to sell us their land, which we're on right now. And, and so they, wanted a, they needed a boiler for the church, needed some money for a boiler, and we needed land, and we talked about it, and it was, all, no, it was like just all so easy, and I kept thinking, there must be a trap here somewhere. Why is this so easy? And I kept looking every which direction, and finally, you know, it was just easy. Signed the papers, and it was easy. And then we went into this, this building project here. But in the meantime, you see, God, God is good. Amen. We could have settled for a lot of things that would have been okay. But then we got something that was always much better than anything that we saw. Test. Samuel standing before Jesse. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Took a while. And he's listening. Not this one. So a lot of things in life, we make decisions. We make decisions to buy things. We make decisions to do big things and so forth. But a lot of times people go through life and they have casualties. Like, oh, boy, I shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. The, the point is, in life, we need to listen. God, because, because he loves you, he's concerned about your life. He's concerned about your decisions. He's concerned about things you do. Lots of people come and they're just, they're in debt to their eyeballs like, oh, I don't know what to do. Well, they made a choice to do something that didn't look like God was in, right? Now, God will help us. He will always help us. He will always be there for us. But then we have to come back and start listening to what he wants us to do. See, I can listen. So now you have to train your ears because all our life we've listened to wrong voices. All right. To this day, we hear wrong voices. Why? We're just in the world. There's all kinds of frequencies. We hear wrong voices. So we're training ourselves to tune in to the voice of God. Samuel tuned into the voice of God and, and, and says, the Lord has not chosen these. And, and Samuel says, are all the young men here? Is, did, did everybody come? That, did you invite your family? And of course, I'm sure Jesse probably like, well, 
well, there's the youngest. It's out in the, it's out in the pasture. All right, he's keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, you send for him, bring him. And I, I would guess that people ran pretty quick. All right, you didn't, you didn't just ho-hum to the prophet of God at that point. Send, bring him, will not sit down until he comes here. Now, we don't know how far the field was away, but you can hear the Jeopardy song. Samuel's not a guy for small talk. Got a lot of rain around in these parts? Got, got enough rain? How are your crops doing? No. He's waiting. He's just waiting. You know, maybe look to Jesse like, told to invite your family. You didn't. He's waiting. He's waiting for who? He's waiting for the youngest to come, right? So, and now, now granted, you have to understand, now, Samuel's sitting there also just, just, this is just his next step. He hasn't seen David yet, nothing yet. He has, does not have the word from the Lord like, he's coming. No, no, he's just waiting. He's just one step at a time. Well, that's how he went through the seven. Now the eighth is coming. He's following through on what he feels he heard from the Lord. This is how we live our lives. Of course, we don't always hear right, but we think, oh boy, missed it. But you want to keep growing, right? You want to keep moving forward. And so he waits, he waits for David to come. And of course, uh, uh, the next verse is uh, 12 and 13. So they bring in David. David is smaller and younger and so on and so forth. And the Lord said at that point, <clears throat> arise, anoint him, for this is the one. That's real clear. Uh, real real uh, point Taken here to not go just by your eyes, not go by your ears. Now you can imagine even, even in Jesse's family, Eliab has been rejected, so have the others, and they're all, you know, who knows what was going on? Like, well, why didn't take me? I'm the best, I'm the best at business, or I've been running this with my dad, or you know, whatever. No, no. Samuel's just tuned in to listen and not go by his eyes or his ears. He chooses David. He takes the horn of oil and anoints him in the midst of his brothers. I think that's pretty interesting. In front of all them, I'm going to anoint him. And the Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So how do we ultimately know, how do I ultimately know that it's the Holy Spirit? Look at the fruit. You're ultimately going to know that after you make the decision. You're making a decision by faith. Then once you make the decision, you're going to look at the fruit of it. What happened? Was it God or was it not God? The Bible says in the New Testament, spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. In other words, we're just people. Any, any, any person, any man or woman of God that would prophesy or ever say, I never miss it. He just missed it. We had someone come here one time. Noted, travels, all kinds of stuff. Actually, two people come here. Well, one time one said to my face, I never miss it. You're toast. You're out of here. No more. Wrong. Had a guy in Minneapolis prophesying to hundreds and hundreds of people. And then he said, I hear from God and I don't miss it. If, you, if it doesn't line up, it's your problem, not mine. I thought, missed it. He wanted to come back here. No, sorry, not coming. His ego got in the way. 
people, their importance, their pompous positions, and to hear from God. Folks, you never take something for granted thinking, oh, they automatically hear from God. It must be God. No, test it out. Test it out. See if it is. See if it came to pass. You know why? Because the world is watching us. And if you have Christians flocking after all kinds of things, they all think, hey, a bunch of kooks. Just a bunch of kooks. They don't even know what they're talking about. It should be that when prophetic words come and happen, that it demonstrates something to the world. That it's not just idle words, but it's powerful. It's anointed. Boom, something happened. That's the fruit of it. So what do you do? You judge it, you test it, you look at it, so on and so forth. Now, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. It says, in all your ways, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct your paths. Important verse. Don't lean on your understanding. All right? And that's what we're trained to do. So from little children up, we, we learn. We learn in school. We learn all kinds of things. We have understanding of the natural. That is good. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying when it comes to the Holy Spirit, don't just lean on your, under, your own understanding. Lean on the Holy Spirit for what is the Holy Spirit saying. Now notice it says, in all your ways. So this is everyday life. Amen? All your, your ways, acknowledge him, he'll direct your paths. Now, let's just add something on here. He'll direct your paths for his ways. So we have intentions, we have desires, all those things. We have goals in life and so forth. But in everything, we want to acknowledge, we want to acknowledge God. Holy Spirit, I need your help. Holy Spirit, direct me, right? And he'll direct then. I'm going this direction, but he might say, turn, turn to the right, turn to the right. Now, again, it's important to be moving because you can't steer a parked car. So you can't go anywhere with the parked car. So moving in the spirit is good. Sometimes I think, I think uh, there was times I was afraid to do anything because I didn't want to make a mistake. Well, mistakes are part of life, right? Kids, kids go to school and so forth and. And they might have a 4.0, but it doesn't mean they never made a mistake, right? So they might have a 4.0. They might graduate as a valedictorian of their class, but it doesn't mean they never made a mistake, right? They might have, might have got a 98, made some mistakes, things they don't know, things they, they missed or whatever. That's part of life. So the important thing is to keep moving, listening to the Lord, to what he wants you to do. You make a mistake. Make an adjustment, right? If you're moving, at least you can go this way now. Go to the left, go to the right. All those things, all those things are important. Now, a lot of how we know this, Isaiah 11 says the word of God, the word of God it will not return void. And it says it goes forth. In other words, it will accomplish. God always will use his word. Amen. God uses his word. Everything I'm talking about when I talk about the Holy Spirit, let's include the word, let's include Jesus. They're all together, right? They're all together as one. 
But the word will accomplish things. It will prosper in what God intends to do. Now, it says you'll go out with joy and you'll be led forth with peace. And I think this is a big thing here. Do you have peace in your heart? You're making a decision. And let me, let me say this. If, if you're couples, I think you should make decisions as couples. Jeannie and I always through our lives, always, we would make decisions as a couple. If we were going to buy something, I'm talking about something significant or anything like that, we would make a decision as a couple. If one of us didn't have peace about it, then we would wait. It's a good, good thing, right? I mean, sometimes I can remember that sometimes I wanted to do something or buy something, and Jeannie said, honey, I just don't have peace. I'm thinking, but I'd like to buy it now. I just don't have peace about it. Okay, we'll wait. Probably good we did, right? You know, because, because our flesh gets involved in so many decisions, kind of what we want. I want this. That's, that's the whole thing with buying things, right? It's the, the world is the allure, the advertising world, and buy this, buy that, and so forth. And pretty soon, people have storage units full of stuff that they should have never bought. The storage business in the United States is a huge, thriving business because of things, because of decisions, because of stuff they don't need. And the, and the amazing thing is they'll pay, pay stuff every month for something that they're probably never going to use at all. Oh, I, I might need that. But when we cleaned out our garage, it was kind of like that was, that was the thing. Are we going to use that? And I'm thinking... Maybe sometime. Okay, throw it in the truck. Throw it. Haul stuff to the dump, you know. And if it was something good, we gave it away. And it's quite liberating. Right? It's quite liberating. Actually, you know, there's, there's sales, estate sales and so forth. And I remember uh, someone from the church had a big sale and so forth of things and stuff. And a lot of stuff. And then the auctioneer, like, okay, let's just plump, 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 plump. Threw it all in a little basket and put five bucks. And he was kind of thinking... Well, I saved that for 30 years. I think oh, that little piece might be worth more than five. But auctioneer, this bucket here, five bucks. Okay, bucket here, five bucks. Bucket here, five bucks. And then he was kind of shocked. This was his life. This is what he deemed important. And yet you get to the reality of life and you think, probably not that important. <laughs> right? What's really important in life is people. Isn't that right? It's people. That's what's important in life. It's your family or your parents or your grandkids or some relationships, friends. That's what's important in life is people. So we want to listen to the Holy Spirit and we want to follow peace. Notice, notice it's the word led forth with peace. Amen. So the counterpart of this, let's go to the New Testament, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. The counterpart of this is, is in everything. Don't worry, but in everything, pray. Make your requests known with prayer. Don't forget with prayer. Don't forget to thank him for the answers. Now, when we're when we're kind of, you know, in control and so forth as far as prayer, uh, worry is like a conversation with God or a conversation with ourselves about things we can't change. We're worried about it and we're talking in our heads. We can't change it anyway. Anyway, but prayer is a conversation you have with God about all the things He can change. It's a big difference. Most people. Lots of Christians live in worry. Thinking about tomorrow and thinking about this and thinking about that. 
And most of those things are things we can't change anyway. It's kind of like it's kind of like sometimes like when it says cast your cares, you throw up your hands. All right, cheers. I can't do it. It's liberating, right? Liberating when we do that. So Philippians says you pray and so forth. Now, when we do that, when we live in thanksgiving, then here, the peace of God surpasses all understanding. So Samuel, I believe, is standing there with complete peace. He's not worried. He's not frustrated. He's standing there in peace because, you know, he's, he's listening to the Spirit. The peace of God passes all your understanding. Now, think about this. My life has been built around things I know. My eye gates, my ear gates, everything I know, that's my understanding. And now God is saying the Holy Spirit will go beyond your understanding. Holy Spirit saying, you can have peace, Dave, regardless of what you see. This is, this, where, where does God want to take us? He wants to take us out in this area, right? He wants to take us into these kinds of the seas of our life, where our feet can't touch, we're no longer in control, we're flowing in, in the river, and we have peace. Jesus had peace in the storm, that's why he could speak peace to the storm. Okay, so he's asleep in the boat. He's asleep. You know, I, I wake up at night, so don't Jesus, he's asleep, you know, whatever. If there's lightning, thunder, the roar of the wind, the sea, and so forth like that. They're all thinking they're going to die. He's asleep. Quite a different picture, isn't it? And the disciples basically were saying, don't you care that we're going to die? In other words, wake up, you know, worry with us, worry with us. What are we going to do? And for Jesus, it's like, I talked to you about power. And he rebuked the wind and the waves and the angry sea. Now, so it couldn't have been from God because he'd have been rebuking his father. All right. So he's waking up in peace, responding in peace to the turmoil around him. I'm, I'm trying to walk more and more just in peace. Just in peace. Rather than thinking about all the things that could happen bad, let's think about the things that can happen good. See, we're wired to think about the bad. Think about this. This could happen and that could happen and so forth. Uh Uh-huh. But let's think about the good. Every missions trip we take, we have to do that. Because you think, well, there there could be terrorists or, well, there could be this happen and this happen and this happen. Yeah, but there could be salvations and deliverances and healings and miracles and Villages changed. It's how our focus is. So the peace, notice it says, it passes all under understanding. So the peace then is not based on our physical senses. And so he directs us, he directs our hearts his way for his glory. So it's a whole other way of living. Right? Because we use our natural senses. Hallelujah. Love our natural senses. Wonderful. But it's another way of living by going by the Spirit. See, there are many, many, many charismatic, Spirit-filled Christians by the millions and millions and millions across the world. But a lot of them are dancing on the surface and still dipping their toes in the water rather than just jumping in. And allowing God to work. 
So where do you apply this? Well, you apply it in your everyday life. You apply it today. You apply it to things that you're going to do. In all your ways, acknowledge him. You're going to take a trip. Ask God's guidance beforehand. Going to buy something. Ask God's guidance beforehand. Amen. Key is beforehand. Sometimes we get ourselves in pickles like, I forgot to talk to you about this. <laughs> it's like Peter sinking in the water. Oh, I gotcha. Come on. And he is. He's good. He's gracious. That's where grace, all these things enter in. He helps. I can't begin to count how many times he's helped me, saved me. But he's good that way. However, he's training us to walk in the Holy Spirit like him. Like him. Scripture again, Isaiah 48, 17 and 18. In these verses here, it says, The Lord is your Redeemer. All right. He teaches you to profit. He leads you by the way you should go. And then it says this, Oh, I wish you'd listen to me. <laughs> if you had listened, your peace would have been like a river. In other words, if you had listened, you'd be saturated with peace. So I want to teach you. I want to teach you the way you should go. I want to teach you to profit. I want to teach you to bless you. We always say we're teaching people to win in life. But even God says, you know, I wish you'd listen to me. Now, we can learn from a lot of sources, of course, about lots of things, be it jobs or, or things like that, that in the world that we use, finances and all that. However, when you make a decision, it has to come down to this relationship. If your spouse, then you together. In this relationship. Amen. Then when you do that. You do it in peace. Hey. You can believe God for. Wonderful things to happen. Listen. John 16 verse 31. Now Jesus said in the world you're going to have tribulation. So. In the world you'll have. There's tribulation. Tribulation is just trouble. We live in a fallen world, so that's why there are accidents, that's why there's sickness, that's why there's all these things, because it's just the world. So many people want to, oh, something happens, they say, that's the devil, or they're out of the will of God. It's like, folks, no one's perfect, we live in a fallen world. If you don't have insurance, I'd encourage you to get insurance, all right? Life insurance, health insurance, car insurance, whatever. You know, Jeannie and I lived in a place, we did none of that. We walked by faith, had no insurance. So we trusted God for every, everything, every health issue, everything. But then we also learned, of course, we were young. And we also learned that, no, this is okay. We live in a fallen world. You know, get more enlightenment. Listen to the Holy Spirit. People say, well, you're not trusting God. No, you're still trusting God. You're still trusting God if you go to a doctor. Hello? You trust, we're always, our eyes are always on the Lord. Now, maybe this person can help me, all right? Maybe they can help me to, uh, with a medicine or something, help me to get better. In the meantime, I'm praying for healing, hallelujah. But in the meantime, I'm still alive. Praise God. So, so you know, as we walk, we make decisions, and we make decisions with peace. So Jesus said, you're going to have trouble, but be of good cheer, hallelujah. I've overcome the world. So he says, in me you may have peace. Now notice the word may. It's not automatic. You have a choice. So we have Christians, I don't know what to do. So You have a choice. Who do you want to put your eyes on? Who do you want to listen to? 
Well, if I put my eyes on Jesus and I listen to his word, it's going to give me peace. Amen. It's not like lots of times people want you to pray. They want an answer now. I've learned a lot of answers for me haven't come immediate. We waited for years for a facility, waited for years as we believe for our daughter's healing. A lot of things in my life have never come boom. We've ministered places. It's amazing. We've prophesied people got buildings. We prophesied people healed and so on. And I'd go home thinking, I don't understand this. I'm a little upset. And I was. And you know what the Lord said? Absolutely nothing. You don't have to answer me. You know, and then I kind of get over it. And then he kind of said, I understand. Just keep going. Never gave me an answer. It doesn't have to give us answers. We're his people. He's God. All he wants us to do is to follow him. Right? In our lives. Just keep following Jesus and keep doing what he asks us to do. But in Jesus, you may have peace. Right? Let me just say that. If you're in Jesus, you will have peace. He's the Prince of Peace. So we draw on that peace to minister to us because he's greater than any trouble that we will face. We go back a couple chapters to John 14 a second. Got to hurry here. John 14, Jesus, he says, my peace, I'm going to give it to you. So what do you have to do if someone gives you a gift? You have to receive it. You have to receive one thing to read the scripture, another thing just as you meditate on it, think, okay, I'm going to receive this peace. I don't understand it. I've got a lot of issues in front of me. But Lord, I'm going to acknowledge you. I'm going to receive this peace. I'm just going to rest in your peace. Now people will say, but you look at Dave, look at all these things you got going in. I understand that. <laughs> but it'll get sorted out in time. See, it'll, it'll, it'll get sorted out. But in the meantime, what's important is you're staying in the peace of God, to listen to the voice of God. So Jesus said, I'm going to give you peace. Turn to your neighbor and say, you've got to receive it. So this is not peace like the world gives. So the world gives peace and say, oh, i got a lot of peace. i got money in the bank, and I've got this and that. And so their peace is based on things. Peace is based on money. Peace is based on material things and so forth like that. How much food you got and so forth. All right? But folks, all those are temporary. The economy could fail in a moment, right? Money could be worthless in short order. Food could be gone. Electricity gone, all the stuff in the freezer spoils. So our security has to be in Jesus Christ, not as the world gives. Now, there's nothing wrong with having any of those things I said. However, your peace must rest in Jesus Christ. Amen? Peace is in Jesus, not as the world gives. Now, what do we do? We have to relearn this. I'm constant relearning things because I feel comfortable. See, we, we, we think, well, peace is being comfortable. No, no, no. Peace isn't about comfort. Peace isn't the absence of trouble or anything like that. Peace is about a relationship. So, so we're trained. I've, no, we're, we're in good shape. How are you doing for the future? Oh, we're in good shape. See, not as the world gives. How are you doing? By God's grace, we're going to make it. By God's grace, we're going to see better things ahead. Amen? Your comfort, your rest, your peace is in the Lord. I'm relearning. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to relearn things. This is all about the scriptures, the messages on renewal and so forth. A lot of them, the Debs had and so forth. But it's all about a relationship. 
It's about this relationship that we have that's living, that's abiding, that's just the most wonderful, the wonderful thing that we have. But your peace is not based on, on, on trouble or comfort or lack of trouble. It's based on this relationship. Second Thessalonians 3, a couple more verses, verse 5. So the Lord direct your hearts into realizing, showing the love of God and the steadfastness and patience of Christ in waiting for his return. So God wants to direct, the Holy Spirit will direct your heart into love, joy, peace, long-suffering, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? So the Holy Spirit is going to direct us here. And you think, wow, that's pretty basic. Yeah, it is basic, but most people aren't living there. People get upset based on their circumstances. Something doesn't go their way. They're upset. I'm thinking, whoa, short fuse there. You see people in traffic, you know, they're upset and they're tight and different things. And people in their jobs are upset. And it's like, well, they need a little dose of this. The Holy Spirit will lead me to a place, and it's this relationship, where there is a calm on the inside. Inside me. Now, in the outside might be all kinds of things going on. But in the inside of you, a calm. That's supernatural. Passes all understanding. It's like, I don't know how I can feel this way when it looks like all hell is breaking loose. But there's a calm on the inside. Kathy, you felt that this week. Terrible things. But a calm on the inside. And the talks we had and so forth. There was a calm on the inside of you. It was impressive. I was blessed by it. That's how God wants to lead us in our life. Amen? And how do you do that? Practice it in your life. All right, you feel yourself getting upset, and so what are you going to do? May the Lord direct you. May the Holy Spirit direct you into His love, His peace, His calm, His patience. Amen? In other words, back away from your feelings or your natural understanding... And flow in the spiritual realm. See, it goes contrary, contrary to the flesh. My understanding says this, but the Spirit says, no, I've got this. Don't worry about it. Making sense? Making sense in your life. These are things, you know, that, that we apply. Psalm 119, the word is a lamp unto my feet. We know these things, right? So the word, the Holy Spirit, of course... John 1, creator of the world and all the things, the light stands back, the darkness and so forth. But the word is a lamp and a light. So we talk about the Holy Spirit leading us. The Holy Spirit will always complement scripture. So what am I doing? Lots of times I got got decisions and so years waiting for a facility. I'd be in here scripture. I got things. I got things in the Old Testament, little stars, dates and so forth, thinking about a building. I read some things. Oh, I remember that one. I remember that one. Got that word and so forth. And sometimes I'd get a word and I think, right around the corner. It's happening right now. <whistles> Nothing happened. Nothing happening. Don't see anything. But is God working? Yeah, God's working. Yeah. God's working all the time. And at the appropriate time, someone who needed a built a boiler... Wanted to sell us land, perfect time. But we don't like to wait, do we? (laughs) But the Holy Spirit, you have to understand, He's working in us. He's changing us. Right time, right place, right moment.
to do what he wants us to do. But his word will guide us, a lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. Psalm 133, verse 133 says, he'll direct my steps. Direct my steps. How? By your word. Well, I want to listen to the Holy Spirit. I know, but the word will complement the Holy Spirit. So he'll direct your steps, right? So that you're not going the wrong way, you're going the right way. See, the word, the scripture is given for inspiration, instruction, correction, correction, instruction, and righteousness, right? As people, we don't like correction, do we? No. We all say, oh, yeah, I like it. No, no, you don't. Most people don't. They don't like correction. But students will take tests. They'll hand them in. The teacher hands them back. Usually with, my teacher always had red marks. And, and maybe notations and so forth. Kind of, what well, is correcting something? Maybe I didn't have the right answer or should have said it a certain way. Whatever. With a grade. And so, so the point was what? So that we would finish course eventually through schooling and pass. Hallelujah, Right? But it wouldn't do any good if you went all the way through knowing all the wrong answers. And then you come out in life and know all the wrong answers. That's why correction is good. Spiritually, it's not any good to, oh, no, no, 20 years. Well, isn't that any good if you're just living in the flesh? You've never been corrected. You've never, never disciplined by the Holy Spirit. Right? It's not any good to say, we go to a spirit-filled church, and then everybody looks like, ooh, yeeks, oh, be around that person. That's not any good, is it? No. So we go by the correction instruction. The Word will direct our lives so that iniquity doesn't have dominion over us. We keep learning. Amen? Keep learning the things of the Lord. One last scripture. Let's look at Proverbs 6, 22. So, here it is. It says, <clears throat> the word will lead you, it'll keep you, it will speak with you. So just put lead, keep, and speak. It will. And folks, that's what we need in life. A big dose of just listening to the Lord. Maybe add with it a big dose of patience. Through faith and patience, they inherited the promises. And not be in a hurry. Make a decision. You know how it usually is if there's a sale on? Hey, sale's on. Ends Friday. Got to make a choice Friday. Got to have it Friday. I don't want to lose any money. Because then we charge it and make payments. And, oh, I paid a lot more than it was worth, you know. Or you realize two months later, hey, that same thing's on sale cheaper. We've all been caught on those things. And I think, I think it's like the experience of life. Bringing the Holy Spirit into your life. Just do that in everything you do. Folks, you'll realize, boy, I missed it there. I was listening, didn't miss it there. But you keep learning, right? Nice to make a mistake on something that's just pretty basic. But the bigger things in life, you want to be really listening for the touch of the Holy Spirit. And he's just saying, no, don't do that. Or do it this way. Or go that way, you know. And you're just listening to the soft, you become sensitive, sensitive. You're desensitized to the world, but sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So I pray that, Father, for everybody listening right now, that the sensitivity of the Holy Spirit will grow stronger and stronger and stronger. That the things of the world will diminish. 
in the name of Jesus. Even that John the Baptist said that he might decrease, he might increase, and I might decrease. Lord, that we in ourselves would decrease to the flesh and decrease to the sensitivity of all the world and grow in our relationship with you. I pray that for every person watching, listening, every person here in person right now, Father. I thank you, Holy Spirit, you're moving in our hearts. You're changing us. You're shaping us. You're molding us into your image so that we can be used for your glory in the name of Jesus. Now turn to somebody, look them in the eye a second and say, God wants to use you. Look, look somebody in the eye say, God wants to use you for his glory. Now look at them and say, be listening. Say, be open. Say, be correctable. Say, God will bless you. For his glory. Amen. Let's thank the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, Pastor Randon will be in the foyer. If anybody yet wants a booklet on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, pick one up and you can read it. It's going to give you scripture and so forth. But I, I just seen people filled with the Spirit driving down the highway. All kinds of things happening, you know. But uh, you can get one here. It's free and so forth. We bless you in Jesus' name. Come on out tonight. Going to be another great service at the Tabernacle. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylife at brookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.